Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Go with Julio podcast. I'm a tech marketer turned leadership coach on a mission to educate, inspire, and empower you to unlock your best, most authentic self as a leader. If you're ready to confront the hard things getting in the way of your success in a way that's real and honest and loving, then you're in the right place because you can and you will. Let's go. In this episode, I'm taking you on a journey through a family situation I'm going through right now, which is requiring a lot of mental fitness. And I want to share with you what's going on and some of the lessons that I'm taking away as I process this emotionally heavy experience. This week, I got a phone call that kind of took my breath away from my mom. And she said that she came home and found a letter from the landlord that said, they had 60 days to vacate the premises after being there 14 years. It's particularly shocking because this isn't just any circumstance. I mean, my mom is permanently disabled. She got into a car accident from a drunk driver and has titanium rods in her back. She is 57. She makes under $1,000 a month living on you know, the support system that disability and social security provides. And this home is significant. It's not just any home. You see, when I was in high school, I was the president of every community service club. Go figure. You know, trying to organize everything. And I was trying to organize Habitat for Humanity builds. In fact, we used to build homes. I built almost three homes through student builds. And then I was on the family selection committee, which means I was responsible for deciding which families were going to get the Habitat homes. I probably went to visit and inspect and interview 47 families across Long Island. And you do everything. I mean, here I am in high school, okay? I'm a teenager and I'm looking at credit reports. I'm interviewing. I'm doing home visits. I'm having conversations with people about who deserves to be in the home. I mean, this was I look back at some of this stuff and think, oh my God, like, what were you doing? What motivated, what compelled you to do this stuff? And now I connect the dots now. You can only see them looking back, you know, that I was always meant to be in service of others. Here I was in high school doing these things. My mom was in a pickle. My sister had had a baby and the, you know, that relationship wasn't working out. She needed a place to go. So my mom and my sister and my niece needed a home and a safe place. And Things were really expensive on Long Island. And so I went to the executive director of Habitat for Humanity at the time, since I had done so much volunteer work, and I asked them if they would help me by underwriting and allowing us to rent this home. Sometimes people need transitions. So this one home was optimized for transitions, and it was going to be a transition, and we were going to stay in there for a little bit until we found our way. And, you know, a few months became 14 years. 14 years of them graciously sharing this home with us at, at a rate that my family could afford. And she took care of it and she honored it and she served the community and she became best friends with her neighbors and she mowed the lawn and the whole thing. And then she got this news because the board has turned over. There's new people. There's new, it's a new situation. It's a new world. Things change. And we knew this time would come. This time was going to come. We just didn't know when. And the time came this week. And so what started out as a very shocking and, of course, startling 
message. I mean, there's emotion to process the anger, the anguish, the grief, the sadness of having to let go of something that you've held on to for so long. But there's also a reminder that you can spend your time resisting and pushing and fighting and challenging, or you can spend your energy accepting what is and using from that space, that moment, your power and energy to move your life forward. And so that's what we did. I went to Long Island to be with my mom, to cry and to reminisce and to explore all the emotions that were coming up around this issue to make her feel heard and make her feel seen and to validate her for her extraordinary service to the family and to the community and to her doing everything that she can on a fixed income to try and make this work. I mean, this has been tremendously difficult for my mom to live on such a fixed income in a world where everything is so expensive. I mean, between, you know, co-pays for medicine, fixing your dental care, paying rent, electricity, phone bill, you know, mowing the lawn, gasoline, food. I mean, it is really hard for people who are on a fixed income right now. And I'm sharing this because I really have this interesting vantage point that I didn't come from a rich family, but I ended up going to NYU surrounded by rich kids. I ended up going to tech companies surrounded by rich kids. And minorities, Latinos, Latinas, black, brown people, People who may be coming from marginalized backgrounds without the privilege of family money and having to allow the energy and the lingering and looming fact that you're paying interest on credit cards and you have debt or that you can't afford something or that, you know, any one thing that goes wrong could throw you out of whack. An insurance bill, the tire goes out, your, your lawnmower breaks, your landlord tells you to leave. I mean, these are traumatic experiences for anybody, but for particularly for folks who don't have financial independence and financial security. So that was weighing on me heavily because I've been blessed in my life that I now have financial security. And let me tell you something, I worked for it because I didn't get that from nobody. I hustled. I've been working since I was 11 years old, 12 years old, off the books. I, was, I had my 401ks. I had my Roth IRAs. I had my stuff, my high-yield savings accounts. I was dialed in. I was all up on Susie Orman's The Broke, The Rich, and The Fabulous because I was trying to make sure that I didn't end up in a financial pickle because I saw from my family the stressors that came along with that. And so it's, a, it's an intense situation because... It's not, she doesn't have money. My mom is cash poor, but heart rich. And we like to joke that even though she has no money, she's the richest person we know because she recognizes that peace and love is an inside job. And she's happy within, her mind is strong. She lives from the inside out. She's such a brave and beautiful soul for that. But it's still shocking when after 14 years of comfort and safety and certainty and really building your identity around this home that it gets taken away in 60 days. And so when that happened, I immediately went into a stress response, meaning the minute I heard the news, my entire body changed. 
the body chemistry and the energy of myself changed. I could feel it in a minute. You, you all know what that feels like. We've all bumped up against situations where we immediately go into a stress response and everything changes for us. The difference is, is this time, now that I'm a coach and I've been studying this work for the last five years so deeply and richly, I have this hyper-awareness, this consciousness that I can see it and feel it. And I recognize that I am not my thoughts, that I am the observer of my thoughts and that I can sit in the seat of awareness and observe what is happening around me, the stimulus and the reactions and the feelings and everything going on. And so in that moment, I had this sort of out-of-body experience where I was observing, I was observing myself respond and react to what I was hearing. And immediately I went into my 13-year-old inner child who wanted to save and rescue my mom when my dad divorced her and took all the money and left her with nothing. And then it compounded later in the day. So then I started to feel the energy of me getting kicked out by my dad in high school. If you don't know what it feels like to abruptly be kicked out or have to lose something like your home, it can be hard to relate to, but there is a anguish and your heart literally drops to the floor. There is such a worry and concern like, will I be okay? Will I have safety? Will I have protection? Will I have comfort? Will I have peace of mind? I mean, the minute something bad happens to you, it's easy for our mind to go down all of these stories of catastrophizing and worst case scenario planning and things that could be treacherous and all the bad things that are going to go wrong. And then you start to sulk in the energy of that. And then it gets painful. So you're sulking in the energy of it. It's really painful. And then you're trying to push it down or you're trying to numb it. And that was something that I really observed this weekend about myself. And I was kind of proud, you know, old Julio, pre-self-aware, conscious Julio would have numbed. I would have bought some Twinkies and some Ben and Jerry's and I would have devoured them over a Netflix movie and felt like shit the next day. I would have went drinking or done drugs or gone to a sex party or went on Grinder. I would have popped some Adderall and gone to work and just ignored it by being really supercharged and getting a lot of stuff done and feeling satisfaction out of the checking of boxes on my to-do list. I would have done everything that I could to avoid feeling the difficult emotion. But this time... I decided to stay in it, to sit with it, to be with it, and to feel it, even when and especially because it's uncomfortable. I took the train from Penn Station out to Long Island, and I cried the whole way on the train. And I, I allowed myself to cry. I, I, I know that now that it's healthy, and it's just energy and motion. Emotion is just energy and motion. Crying involves having us really get vulnerable with ourselves and to open our hearts and to take off the armor for a minute and really feel what we're feeling so deeply and so richly and so profoundly. And I used to try and suppress it, but now I let it flow. And what I realize is by letting it flow, it's like clearing the pipes. It's like clearing the drains. It's like allowing the energy to flow through your body out and in and through you. And when you can clear the energy of that, it makes room for newness. It makes room for love. It makes room for hope. It makes room for faith. It makes room for what is to come. I got to tell you, that was such a beautiful experience because 
I had an aha moment. I realized it is so much easier to fully experience and realize and have the emotion. And then once it comes through you, because it does not last forever, it comes and goes like the clouds. Once that's done, you're freer and stronger and more grounded and connected to your truth. You've honored the fact that you are a human being with a heart who is driven by emotion. That is how our heart communicates. That was, that's what makes us so unique is this orchestra of emotions that we as humans uniquely experience. And if you don't allow yourself to feel those emotions, you deny yourself of that experience and it robs you in all other parts of your life. And I will tell you that the more that you just allow it, the easier it gets to rebound. I mean, before I did this, it would take weeks and I would still be begrudged and hold an attitude and talk and blame and gossip. You know, and then it took a week and then a few days and now it could take a couple hours, you know, and I can feel the emotion and really process it and then move through it. I would invite you to, with something in your life that is getting in the way of your success right now, to explore just feeling the fullness of the emotion. Get curious about it. Journal about it. Just feel it. What does it feel like in your body? Where is it in your body? And you will notice that just by identifying it, you distance yourself from it and you allow it to move through you. And once you get that, oh, it's beautiful. You know, another observation I'm having about this experience is the connection between processing hard emotion and my body. I mean, my body feels like I played the NFL. It feels like I played the Super Bowl. I mean, it is so tense. I am just now realizing, oh, wow, the exercise and the activity of going through and processing the emotion actually lives in your body. There's a book about this. The body keeps the score. That shit is real. It is real that there is a relationship between the energy of emotions and your body. I mean, I literally feel so sore. I just spent half of the day stretching, trying to open up and breathe and, you know, clear the energy from how tense it was. And it's akin to if I were out playing kickball or out all day walking the streets, you know, doing an urban hike or whatever, or a hard gym session, but I didn't do shit. I'd ask you where that manifests in your life. You know, where, where do you see the emotions in your day-to-day playing out and how it's treating you and your body? Check in with that and see, get curious. It is really a powerful tool to be curious and not judgmental. Once we were able to process the emotion, it created space for ideas to emerge. And I realized I started pushing some ideas and I started to see visually some resistance. So I thought, okay, this is not, as a coach, this is not my job to push ideas onto her. It's my job to ask powerful open-ended questions and just listen because we all know what is true for ourselves. So my job is just to be there as a presence and help her discover what is true for her. What does she really want to do? So we scoped out a few beautifully powerful options. Here I was thinking I needed to race in to find a new apartment when that's not necessarily what she wanted. You know, maybe she wanted to be, to use her language like Golden Girls style. And she wants to hang out with her friends and use this opportunity to 
reclaim herself and her freedom and her independence and to try new things and to not be tied to a home and to a dog and to cleaning and to laundry and to cooking and so on and so forth. When you are working through something difficult, your words matter and your tone of voice matters. And so the way that you use language to comfort and to calm and to support and to encourage I'm not talking about counterfeit. I'm not talking about making it artificial. I'm talking about when you are trying to communicate something, the truth of something, but you do it from a place of the most loving place of your heart. You know, for example, I needed to make sure that my mom knows that my husband, Jonathan, and I, we got her if we needed. If we needed to go get an apartment today, we will we will take care of it. We will tap into our savings and we will make it happen. That is why we earn this money so that we can be here to support ourselves and to support our family and to help us in moments of crisis or difficulty. And so right off the bat, I needed to make really clear that we got you and we will figure this out. You want a storage facility, you want an apartment, you know, you need, you need a little bit of money to get by. We will help you and we will assist you in that journey. Another thing that comes up for me is just how powerful coaching tools are. Before it was called coaching, it was called leadership. What I realize I'm trying to do with every one of my clients is I'm trying to teach you to become extraordinary coaches. Everybody should be and could be and has the capacity to be an extraordinary coach. Because what is a coach really? It's about powerful presence. It's about deep, empathic listening. It's about asking curious-based, non-judgmental, open-ended questions. It's about exploring the difficult emotion and being with it and sitting with it in a vulnerable, loving space. It's about moving the conversation in the direction of love as opposed to the direction of fear, knowing that we never make good decisions from a place of fear and anger. Everybody can benefit from adopting a coach's mindset. Even me, I wasn't coaching my mother, but it was the mindset and the skills and the tools and the, the concept of how you approach a problem. Whether you're doing it with your family or you're doing it with your board or you're doing it with your department, the coaching skills to cultivate as leaders, that is what leading with your heart is. I'm grateful because I'm doing the work and I'm feeling the progress of doing the work, and I'm committed to live from the truth of myself. After all this, we went to a nice seafood restaurant, and it was cute. You know, she was like, "We no, 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 let's save the money. We're going to need it. And I understand that, but we're, we're not having that because when you make progress, you have to honor and celebrate success, even the small wins. We processed the motion. We came up with some ideas. We put some feelers out. We did a good job. We did work. We didn't sulk. We didn't spiral. We didn't um, not hear each other and listen to each other and, and speak over each other and yell at each other. We did the work that was required to get still and to find a way forward, and we wanted to honor that. For someone like my mom who makes $950 a month, going to a seafood restaurant is prohibitively expensive. And that is not lost on me, and that will never be lost on me. That she has sacrificed everything to ensure that I can live the life that I now live. 
Another thing that came up for me is even though we walked away at the end of this weekend in positive spirits, we have 60 days to find a new place. We have 60 days to move everything out. We have 60 days to actually execute and implement this change. It's not a long time and it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. There are going to be ups and downs and that's okay. Our job is to make space for the full range of emotion and our job is to hold space to feel all of it. So we have done the work, but the work continues. And that's another takeaway. The work continues. It is not a one and done conversation. We're going to be better able to navigate those moments because we can pull from the hard work we did to kick off the conversation. And that was the hardest part, creating the awareness, talking it through, releasing the initial energy of it and choosing to move forward, just building momentum and getting started. I learned so much about myself during this time and I wanted to share it in case it helps any of you who are going through something really challenging either yourself or in your immediate family there are plenty of people in this podcast world who are telling you five-point frameworks and talking to your intellect I'm not talking to your intellect right now I'm speaking to your heart the soul and the spirit of who you are and that is what I'm trying to cultivate a relationship with because that's where the real growth happens you have plenty of books in your library. You have plenty of audiobooks. You have plenty of managers and brown bags at work. You have plenty of podcasts who will intellectualize the hell out of any problem. What I'm doing is I am speaking to your heart and trying to bring you on this journey where I'm super vulnerable about things that are happening in my life because that's I think that's how we're going to heal and that's how we're going to grow and that's how we're going to learn. Reach out to a loved one and tell them you love them because you never know what can happen and... I hope you find some gratitude today in having a roof over your head and having, you know, money to pay bills and food on the table because not everyone has that. All right, that's it. I love you guys. I really appreciate all of the DMs that I'm getting. Keep it coming. Like, this is how the community is going to get built. And we're going to level up our lives. We're going to release the shame and the pain and the anger. And we're going to step into what's next. And we're going to inspire and encourage and support each other. And I'm just so excited for what the future holds. Every time I have one of these difficult moments like I did this weekend with my mom, I just get stronger. And that's exactly what I want for you is I want you to use every moment of difficulty in your life to step into what's next and to make you stronger. Thank you. I love you. Let's go. 